Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news. I am launching a Substack. I know. I keep telling you how I'm not a writer, and I'm still not a writer, but I am going to be writing about reading over on Substack. The Substack is called Unstacked, and you can find it at tracythomas.substack.com. There will be free options every Friday. There'll be a bunch of weekly roundups, announcements, all the shit I'm into. And then if you want to upgrade yourself to the paid subscription, I'm going to have author interviews, bonus episodes, anticipated reads, book pairings, community chats, all sorts of stuff. So, If that sounds like something you'd be into, go to tracythomas.substack.com and join Unstacked. And of course, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10, you get 10% off your first year membership of Unstacked. You have from now until April 4th to redeem. Again, that's tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10 for 10% off Unstacked. Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Welcome back to The Stacks. I'm your host, Tracy Thomas, and this week we're discussing Rachel Kushner's newest novel, The Mars Room, with our guest, actress and podcast host, Becca Tobin. Before we get started, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone for listening to this show. I'm getting so much amazing feedback from all of you, so please do not hesitate to reach out and share what you think about the show. You can do so on our website, which is www.thestackspodcast.com or through our Instagram, at thestackspod. All of our social media is down there in the show notes. If you're looking for a way to support the show, we would love you to become a member of the Stacks Pack. If you go to patreon.com, you can support the show for a little donation each month. You can give as little or as much as you want, and it helps make the show possible. It helps us keep the lights on, to keep creating new content, finding books that you love, and making a show that you're going to enjoy listening to and sharing with your friends. If you're interested, patreon.com slash the stacks. If that's not something you're able to commit to right now, by shopping through any of the links in our show notes, we earn a small commission through Amazon and iTunes. So if that's something that you're doing anyways, we would love it if you would click through our links to shop there. The last way that you can help the show, and this is so easy, and I really, really would love you all forever and ever if you would do it, is to go and rate and review the show if you're listening to us through iTunes. It takes like two seconds, and it helps us get the show out to more people. It helps people find us easier when they search for the show, and it's just a really great thing. So our most recent review comes from YoJam. And they say, The Stacks is my favorite bookish podcast. Tracy keeps it fresh with great guests and great content. If you're looking for a great book podcast to listen to every Wednesday, then this is it. Thank you so much for that amazing review. The rest of you, if you haven't done so yet, I'm asking you very, very nicely to go write a review for the show. Also, in case you didn't know, we are now on Spotify and SoundCloud. So if that's what where you like to listen, you can listen to us there. All right, it's time for the episode. Our guest this week is actress and podcast host of The Lady Gang, Becca Tobin, and we're talking about Rachel Kushner's newest book, The Mars Room. It's about a woman who goes to jail. We'll get into all of that, and there are definitely spoilers this week on the show, so please, if you don't want the book to be spoiled, stop listening, read the book, and then come back and enjoy the conversation. Here we go. All right. We are back with our guest, Becca Tobin, who is an actress and the co-host of The Lady Gang. Becca was with us last week. If you haven't listened yet, go back and listen to Becca talk about reading. 
or not. I actually don't <laughs> care. It's not like there's, there's any connection except for it's the same ow, same person. Um, hi, Becca. Hi, Tracy. Are you ready for this? I'm nervous. <laughs> this one is a little more nerve-wracking. Um, I know. So this is our Stacks Book Club episode. Becca and I read The Mars Room by Rachel Kushner. And basically, this book follows a woman. Her name is Romy Hall. She is 29. It starts off with her being transferred from one prison to another. Um, and she is convicted of two life sentences plus six years. And basically it's her story of how she got there and her life. She has a son, all sorts of stuff. I'm kind of giving the synopsis like we're not going to spoil the shit out of this book, but we are. Yeah. We're going to talk about everything. If you haven't read the book yet and you want to read it, you should definitely read it first because like it's fiction and we're we're going there. We're talking about like literally the last sentence of the book. So don't. Yeah, it's happening. Don't not. If you want to read it, you should listen. This episode will be here. Um, okay, let's get started. What did you think? Dive in. Um, I, when choosing a book normally, like feel good. Okay. <laughs> it's an escape for me uh-huh, from uh-huh. life. And this felt like I couldn't wait to get back to my life. <laughs> and it also reiterated solidified the fact that those nightmares that I have where I've been accused of committing a crime that I didn't and ending up in jail, which I have those a lot, which okay. is so strange. This wasn't good for me. Okay. It made me very, um, it's still my biggest fear. Got it. It's still there. <laughs> to be fair. So normally when I have a guest on, I let them help me pick the book. But I know that Becca is like one of those human, Becca's one of my friends that I know that if I say, we're going to do this thing. She almost always will be like, okay, I'm game. And so this was like kind of before the show had really started. And I had someone had told me how great this book was. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I bet Becca will read it with me. Because yeah. even though you like feel good books, you also like don't shy away from dark stuff. No, totally. Like I, you will see, watch a dark movie. Yes. Like you are into crazy. You'll be like, did you hear this crazy story about yeah. this murder? So I knew I could kind of like push this off on mm-hmm. you. Um, I'm sorry that I didn't know about your fear of being, <laughs> being incarcerated, incarcerated for something you didn't do. But to be fair, Romy did, did it. She did it. Yeah, she yeah, did yeah. It. No, this just the life in prison. It was real. I mean, yeah. I said last week, this book is Orange is the New Black. If Orange is the New Black is bleak as fuck. Yeah. And you couldn't have said it better. I mean, that's really the synopsis of this whole book. It, yeah. It takes away all the glossy prettiness of Orange is the mm-hmm. New Black. All the funny comedy. Yeah. There's a little bit <laughs> a of little. funny in yeah, this. Yeah. It's like a dark, dark, dark the darkest. comedy. <laughs> the darkest comedy. It, I mean, it's like life, right? Yeah. If your life is the worst, but like you still laugh sometimes even like Completely. in your darkest days. Um, there's a ton of characters in this book, but mostly just like a handful, mm-hmm. mostly Romy. She's like our lead. The way that the book is structured um, is that it's narrated by Romy in first person for like 70% of the book. Mm-hmm. But then the other people whose lives we follow, so like a teacher in the prison, um, a crooked cop who committed a murder for a different prisoner, mm-hmm. they're in third person. Yeah. What do you think? That was something that stood out right away for me. Um, and it took me a minute to figure out that that's what we were doing. Right. I was like, okay, I'm here. But it took me a second to. I I liked it because, you know, we still got to know Romy, the, the main character, really, really, really well because it was first person. Um, I don't know. I, it's so hard to. I don't know. The. the 
I like when a book is separated sometimes and I think mm-hmm. it's necessary. And I know that this one, it had to happen this way for us to get to know all of these other right. people. I was confused though, the in, like incorporating of someone like Doc. Sure. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it, it's Gordon made sense to me because he was in attached to her life, a part of right. her life for a period of time. And like the history of Gordon, where they talk about his relationship with the prisoner before he came to mm-hmm. this prison, mm-hmm. that was helpful information. So I liked that. But like the doc stuff was so didn't you find it to be so out of? Yeah, I wasn't quite. I mean, I think. For me, I was like, oh, I think this is included because they want to have law enforcement be included in yes. some way. Yeah. And also, I think that they want she wanted to be able to connect to a male prison. Yeah. What, like the difference the- between the male and mm-hmm. female prison. So I feel like that was kind of like a catch all character. Yeah. I think my biggest critique of the book, and it kind of falls into this, mm-hmm. is that a lot of this book was like, I want to tell this story, so I'm going to create devices yes. to do that. Yeah. So I didn't always feel like the plot like worked. And that being said, and I don't like fiction, this was probably one of the best fiction books I've read this yeah. year. Like I really enjoyed the reading, but there were moments where I was like, I see what you're doing, Rachel Kushner. Yes. Like, like for example, Jackson, the son. Mm-hmm. I did not connect to that child at all. I just felt like he was there as a juxtaposition to the yes. good. Like yeah. he was the good versus all the bad. Yeah. Like, but he was not a human. No, like he was, it could have just, he could have been like light, right? Like the light shines in my window. And I think about, you know, yeah. like, and so for me, I was like, that's too bad because maybe that could have been an interesting relationship right. that the two of them had, but like, you don't, she doesn't even really reflect on them interacting. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it was also sort of necessary for her, but like you said, it could be done with anything, not just a child, but just how in the end, turn this off if you haven't heard it, but how she sort of has to surrender and cut off the life that she had outside of this place. Right. And so he kind of represented the thing that was still pulling her, like, you know, pulling her out of that or wanting so, yearning so badly to come out of the prison. Because right. a lot of the time throughout the book, you you realize that a lot of these women, prison is actually an oasis compared right. to what they leave to right. go back to. Well, the one woman said that she would go back to prison. Like, on she purpose. considered it like a vacation when she would be on parole. Yes. Yeah. Like, she the would... prison was home and the rest was vacation. Yeah. So I think that Romy, there had to be some conflict there, why she couldn't just embrace that that was her new, right. new normal. Right. So she, we had to like be pulled by this son that we really didn't get to know at all. No, like you said, she could have done a better job of of describing that relationship, right? Before prison. I mean, because even like opportunities to have that relationship were like, oh, I didn't even hang out with him on Thanksgiving, right? Like, <laughs> which I think also was like to illustrate who Romy is and this yeah. and that. But it just kind of felt like he he was turned into a device as opposed yeah. to a character. I was say yeah, um, which you know. I, th- those were like the things in the book, which I often feel with fiction. I'm like, oh, the author's trying to tell me yes. this. Right. And I'm like reading it being like, oh, the author's point of view is X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And I felt that with this book. Um, Romy grew up in San Francisco and I really loved the way that she wrote about San Francisco and too. LA. Me too. Like as gross, mm-hmm. dirty places. Like, cause so Gritty. many people think of San Francisco as like Lombard street and like yeah. the golden gate bridge. And like, no one's talking about the tenderloin. Yeah. I mean, I'm from the Bay area. My best friend, Claire, she works in San Francisco. And I remember, I mean, I know that San Francisco can be gross and seedy, but she was like on her way to work one morning and she was like, I stepped in human poop. Oh yeah. 
That's so normal. But people don't think of San Francisco no. and think like human poo. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. And just drug addicts everywhere. Drug addicts everywhere. And also like being a kid in a big city. We mm-hmm. both lived in New York. Yeah. And like those kids that grow up in New York who are riding the subway by themselves at like 10. So like weird. those city kids, those fast ass city kids. Yeah. It's, I think she did a really good job. I did too. With that stuff. Yeah. I appreciated it too. Cause it, when you think of places like LA and San Francisco, it is normally depicted like this shiny whatever fancy right. exciting place well and that the places that are depicted as bad in cities like yeah. la and san francisco are like black neighborhoods right yeah. or like hispanic yeah. neighborhoods but like this is a white girl yeah and like she was doing gross dirty shit and like it had nothing like it's like i'm from the bay area people always talk about san francisco versus oakland and like yeah. oakland's like you know the ghetto this and that but like obviously oakland has amazing parts to it right as every city has right. good and bad parts but i felt like it was interesting to have this white protagonist be in all the seediest of seedy places and like that be okay yeah i really liked that i did too but also talking about i guess her being white it was an interesting choice for a prison book right right like incarceration is so predominantly black and brown that to have this character kind of felt like, why didn't we have like, why didn't we have a, a, bl- a black or brown person? Right. And I think maybe it was, it was the author's way of like making the statement and, and it had nothing to do with race. It was all about, she came from a low socioeconomic background. She didn't have, she had the public defender. Like it's sort of a, it, I, I liked it. And I also felt like it, it, wasn't fair in a sense right because yes this does happen to white women but it's it's not predominantly white women right well she even says like I think Romy says in the book all the white women here are here for killing their kids or drunk driving right which is like except for this one character that we're it's it's more of a question about the author Mm -hmm. like I of course there are women who are in jail for different things of different ethnicities for whatever reason Mm -hmm. but it's interesting that our central character is this white girl who's committed this like extremely violent crime and we're following her through her whole thing. And it's like, hmm. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of obviously Orange is the New Black, yeah. right? You have this Piper who's in jail for like, she's, they're not the same because Romy was like really had a lot of shit going on. Like yeah. drug addict and thief and murder, murderer and all this stuff. But it's interesting that like these two depictions of prison that are like really prominent right now are both centered on these like kind of pretty white girls. Yep. Which, interesting. you know. Obviously. I guess also as an author, I I'm I think Rachel is a white woman. She is white. Yeah. I don't think she could have written this book without yeah without a lot of criticism. If this if the main character, I think, were a black woman. Yeah, I don't know. I think it would be interesting, mm-hmm. or maybe if one of the characters that she zoomed in on was a black person yeah. or a brown person. Maybe was she, Doc? I don't think so. Oh. Maybe he was. I missed that. If he was, Gordon was definitely a white boy. Yeah, Gordon was white. I know that some of the other inmates with her obviously were yeah. of color, like Button, Button. the girl. Yeah. <laughs> Button, oh my God, she Button was bleak back. I don't like, so laughing. Bleak. I know it's, just, it's like nervous laughter I, because it's so every grim. Character. Yeah, it's so. Yeah. Did you have a favorite character? Mm. The woman on death row. Who, Betty or whatever the yes, like model yes, of course you loved her. I loved her she was funny I just think it's hilarious that she, I mean it that was the con I needed more of that right you know I needed more of of because her delusion was so funny and the fact that she was still like in like ads trying to get boyfriends on death row it's just 
I don't know. I I needed more of that. And that's what I think that I think that Romy lacked a ton of humor. Yeah. Like I think that it wouldn't have felt so bleak. And yeah. maybe that was the maybe that that's was her point. point. Yeah. But I do believe, like you said before, any most people in terrible situations find the humor. It's the right. way that you survive. Right. A lot of a lot of people. And I just felt like I, I, I need a little more sense of humor from Romy. I was like, wah, wah, you're right. depressing me. <laughs> right. Yeah. She was definitely like the straight man, as yeah. they say. And yeah. it, she could have used a little more fun. Yeah. Like even her observations could have been rooted in a little more humor right. of other people in the situation. Right. I don't know. She did have an observation that I really liked. Um, I was talking about like the signs in prison that were like, do not. Like, oh, do this, do not yeah, do that. Yeah, and yeah. she was like, I don't know who these who like these imbeciles are. are in prison because like I've not met a stupid person in yes. prison yet. Yeah. But like this, I can't remember what the sign was, but she like talks about. So there are she definitely had observations that were good, but you're right. She mm-hmm. lacked like a little levity. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that was like the point, the point. of And her. also, who I mean, that's a, a tough life. I mean, yeah. They've described a very, very, very tough life. It's so, from the beginning for her. too. Yeah. So I'm an asshole for being like, find the humor. Yeah. <laughs> find the humor in the worst life In possible. your worst, you yeah. got dealt the, the worst. shittiest hand. Hand. So when I was reading the book, you're going to, well, so when I was reading the book, she has this best friend, Eva. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, when they make this movie, Becca has to play oh Eva. Until I found out she was like Filipino. And then I was like, sorry, yeah. Becca. Mm-mm, I can't. You can't now. I no, can't. you're no Emma Stone. Damn. You can't play Asian. Sorry. But can she? She's tried it. I know. Uh, <laughs> her and... Who's the who's the woman? Not Martha Plimpton. Who's the woman I'm thinking of? Um, oh my God, the scariest, very pale white woman actress. <sighs> Hold on, I'm looking it up. She was what? in. We need to talk about Kevin. As soon as I say it, you're gonna be like, oh, sure, certainly. Starring Tilda Swinton. Oh my God, <laughs> how did, could I not have known that? But I think she of her as Asian. having white, white, white hair. Oh. Yeah. I, I just said white skin. Anyways, oh, Tilda I Swinton. Said, I thought you said black hair. Sometimes she does have black hair. Maybe yeah, yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. But it's like slicked back. My friend Tom Lank is a comedian, and he does this this act. It's called Tilda Swinton An- Answers a Craigslist ad, and he plays it <laughs> as Tilda Swinton, and it's like the funniest. Is it like, can I find it on YouTube? Yeah, probably. I'm going to link to it in the it's, show notes if I can it's find real, it. And he has shows in LA all the time. He's at like the Fringe Festival now. It's <laughs> crazy. See, that's us finding the humor in everything. Yeah. See, Romy, get a life. See, come get on. Get a grip, girl. Laugh it off. Uh, it's kidding. not that bad. Life I'm kidding. Person. Wait, okay. Here's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. It was not made clear to me. How come she's serving two consecutive life terms in prison if she killed one, one person. person. I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works either. And I wish that it was explained. I know that six years were added on for child endangerment mm-hmm. because the boy was in the house. Right. But I don't know. I don't know. That was something that I could not find the answer to. Yeah. I don't know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Well, her lawyer sucked. Her lawyer sucked. <laughs> her lawyer sucked. That was so sad. That was sad. Here's why I know that these books are not right for me. Okay. They're, and I say this lightly. I wanted her and Gordon to fall madly in love with one another, for him to have found her a really great attorney, for her to have been rescued from prison, and then reunite with her son, Jackson. Great. And this is how I know these books are great for me, is I was like, ooh, this ends so badly. (laughs) 
I was literally like, oh, this is this is only I getting need worse. Happy endings. Well, when Becca came here today, she goes, I thought this book was gonna have a happy ending. And of course, my response was, Did you read the book? I know, but I just thought that there was gonna be something, some I no. don't know. I did think that the ending, although it was not quote happy, I as somebody who has done a lot of like spiritual soul searching meditative uh -huh. type of work. I, it resonated with me like her release of that, that right. like accepting what it, what her new reality was. And I had a hopeful feeling that she was going to return to prison and live her quote best life. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting because you know, do you know what I thought happens what? at the end that they shoot and kill they her? Kill in the her? Totally. So did I. But it did have I, a That feeling. was my initial. Because she went. Because the, the way that it ended is like she turns and runs. Right. And From it's like. And if, she, if you run, tree. you're going to get shot. Right. But yeah, I don't know. You just masked that part. Right. I mean, I did she get shot? We don't know. It we ends. don't know. But whatever it was, it's like she either ended her life with this final like act of acceptance or acceptance yeah, yeah 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 i agree i actually really liked the ending mm -hmm. um i honestly could have read another 200 pages on her once she got back in like yes it, like once she yeah. got back in gen pop like yeah. wanting to know what happened with serenity the yeah. transgender woman yeah, like i know i actually really wanted to know mm -hmm. what would have happened if she hadn't been shot and killed which was of course my fantasy right um <laughs> Fantasy is not the right word there. Certainly. No, whatever it was. Uh, my guess. Imagination. <laughs> my projection. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, if she had gone back, I would have loved to know, like, obviously she would have gone into solitary or whatever. Right. But once she gets mainlined, as they yes. say, um, like finding out what happened after that, like prison riot. Yeah. And what happened to Serenity and like what happened to all those people that were part. Like, I, I was super interested in in that, like the Mars room part two. Yeah. Back in the habit. Back in the habit. Sister act. <laughs> um, I guess that serenity, the transgender stuff, uh -huh. I found that to be really interesting. And it yep. did, I, going into the book, I would have said that you should be in prison with the identity that you have. So if you are right. a trans woman, you should mm -hmm. be in a woman's prison. Um, and I still think I feel that way. Mm -hmm. But I definitely started to question it when they were talking about serenity and how serenity had killed a woman. Right. And the women were like, well, we don't want to be in here with a man that's killed women. Right. And that was interesting. Obviously the terms of her killing the woman were a little bit different. It was like a breaking and entering, like yeah. shot a stranger. Yeah. Not like beat up her right. targeted or a, something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I imagine this is something that is a huge conversation. A huge conversation. Huge. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I mean, just the person that I am, it's like just that the, the most terrifying thought to me would be her to be in a men's prison. Terrifying. That to me is scarier than anything. But I understand, you know, the fear of the women in the women's prison. Right. Because if you don't know what someone's in there for and yeah. you've just heard serenity killed a woman. Right. And at one point was identified at, by others as a man. Right. I think that like that could be scary as fuck. If you're yeah. already terrified for your life in prison because you know, I mean, they talk about it a lot. Other in this women. Book. Yeah. Yeah. It made me think 
and like question something that I already thought that I had an answer to. Mm -hmm. And I, that is some, some of the stuff that happened in this book, other things did that as well. And I appreciated the book for that, like for Mm -hmm. bringing it up. I know that there's a much bigger conversation and who knows the answer. Um, but just thinking about it is, is interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's, and also I think it raised the question of, which I already knew was so, you know, prevalent was she had shitty representation and by hearing her story of how she ended up killing this man it was so sad because anybody else who came from a different life probably could have gotten away with it as self-defense or something something less lessened lessened and you know she was terrified of this man who's her stalker who's her stalker and he's somebody which I also thought was an interesting angle was to tell his side of the story I loved that I thought so and it It was amazing until the end which was so great so you felt really confident you're like I ride with Romy like she did it yeah you didn't really need to know more you kind of were just like okay he was a stalker creepy guy from a strip club like you automatically are like yeah she should have killed him right and then you kind of hear like oh, he was a veteran and he had a knee problem and like this and that. And you're like, oh, that's kind of too bad. And then they flip to his story and he's the other person that gets told from first person. Yes. But he only has two sections. And I thought for me, like I I take notes when I read the books Mm -hmm. for the show and I wrote down Kurt's point of view, great exclamation point. Yeah. I just loved. I loved it. I mean, he has a mental illness. Right. And he really was a full-fledged stalker. Completely. And like, I mean, I don't know if I would kill someone, but like, I understand. Yeah. She moved out of San Francisco because to Los him. Angeles because of him yeah. when he was on vacation. I think, and then he showed up on her porch. Yeah. I think I'd be fucking terrified. Fucking terrified. She I clearly snapped. have tried to kill him. Yeah. She clearly snapped. Yeah. Ooh, and she had her kid with her. So she probably having the kid with her made her even more like mama bear yeah. impulse. I was sort of sad to be... I, and I did get bummed out when I heard Kurt's side, even though it was amazing. I'm so glad that she wrote that. The first part of Kurt's side. The second part, I was not. Where he actually went. Where, well, like when he started talking about like going through her trash. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like then <laughs> I was like, because the first part of him, you're like, oh, he just really likes the yeah. stripper and he's lonely. Mm-hmm. But by the second part where he's like going to her trash and like running into her at her grocery yeah, enough store. enough is enough, Kurt. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> Kurt, I'm. Men listening, men listening. She's a stripper. It's her job. job. She doesn't like you. She has a life. She needs money. Like she's, if she didn't need the money, she wouldn't be hanging out with you, Kurt. I'm sorry. It's so sad. But also don't follow women. Mm -mm. Don't follow women. Never. Don't show up (laughs) unexpectedly. Unless invited. Yeah. That's not following. That's going along with a woman. Yeah. Don't follow women. Don't be creepy. Um, there's a podcast called Hysteria. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Um, and it's like all women and they were, they have a section called like, I don't know, like ask a woman or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's like men send in questions to ask them. And one of the questions last week, I think was like, sometimes when I get out of the subway and there's another woman, like there's a woman and it's me and a woman and I'm walking and I can tell that she feels like yes. I'm following her. Like, what should I do? And they were like, literally stop, stop. turn around walk the other direction until she's safely out of yeah. view and then go ahead and go back. But, but then like, how creepy is that to feel him behind you and see him behind you? And then you're like, Oh good. He's gone. And then you look back and he's still coming. They also said, or you could just cross the street. <laughs> oh yeah. Like go true. to the other side of the street. Yeah. 
but um well they said when they stop like to wait till she's out of view like don't like completely forever yeah. yeah well like not like 30 seconds not like five three two one ready or not yeah. here I come. but I thought that was really good because I feel like as a woman I've definitely been in that situation for sure where, like especially living in New York where you get out of the subway and like someone's behind you and like I don't think that men often consider their position in the world and relationship to women, yep. but it can be threatening. Mm -hmm. And especially in this situation, it's like you are a stripper and like this person has seen you naked and like felt up on your body mm -hmm. and for money. And then you see them at the grocery store when you're out with your kid. Like Gross. Kurt, no. Kurt, no. No. Kurt's sick. 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 And now, and now he's, he's dead. dead. <laughs> were terrible people back These then. These aren't real people, so we can sort of talk yeah, about they're them. not real people, like um, which is why we didn't read, like, The New Jim Crow, which is a great mm, book about no. mass incarceration, but no. A, Becca would have never agreed, and B, I, we couldn't no. be fine. I wouldn't be the same. Mm. I would. You would have forever changed Just me. watch the 13th documentary. It's, like, basically oh, I the have. same. Oh, it's basically yeah. the same. The woman who wrote it is in there. Michelle yeah, I can't it. read that and be immersed in it for more. Like, that was, Yeah, you know what I mean? It's. I mean, it's a... I'll it's an amazing book. If you haven't read it and you like reading heavy stuff, you should read it. If not, see the 13th Doc. It's on Netflix. It was yeah. nominated for an Academy Award. Ava DuVernay, what else do great. you need? It's great. Let's talk about Gordon, the okay. teacher. Because mm -hmm. this book brings up some very interesting power dynamics yeah. between prisoners and each other, mm -hmm. prisoners and guards. And Gordon is not a guard. He's a civilian teacher. teacher. But also his relationship to the prisoners he is a dropout of like his master's program mm -hmm. goes to teach in a prison um and like develops a crush for this woman mm -hmm. who's like not that into him and she cuts hair at the prison so he like schedules a haircut every week so he can like see her he's like creepy kurt of the prison he's creepy kurt <laughs> he's a kurt um actually every man is kind a of a creepy Kurt it's in this true. story. It's true. Um, and it's doing men justice. This, this yeah, this book is sorry, highlighting guys. you guys in the way you need to the be The best seen. of light. Yeah, this is, you are what she says you <laughs> Better are. Better luck next time. Yeah, maybe be nice. Maybe just don't, don't be creepy. Stalk people. Yeah, don't stalk people. So anyway, so Gordon like has like a fantasy life around this woman. And yeah. then one day she comes into his classroom and like kisses him. Mm -hmm. And like kind of like lets him touch yep. her a little bit yep. and then she reports his ass mm -hmm. and he they have like a whole investigation yep and this whole thing and he ends up getting moved mm -hmm. and i know that this is a huge conversation as well which yeah. is like prison prisoners and their bodies when they're in prison like who is in charge Right. And who is responsible and who like because there's that power dynamic of like even if the woman or the prisoner is instigating, they are still a prisoner. Mm -hmm. Like they it's just like the same thing as like when people are like, oh, she was 16. I was like, yeah, but she was still a minor. Yep. Like it doesn't matter, doesn't matter. if he was 19, like she was still 16 or whatever yeah. it is. You know, it's like that's still their teacher. That's still a person of authority. Mm -hmm. And and so it. That story like kind of gave me like like I had a moment of like yeah who's wrong who's right mm -hmm. I yeah I don't know I mean he was manipulated but you should never in that situation it doesn't matter like right. it's that's a non-negotiable right yeah like stop catching feelings for these women yeah in not that okay. way like you have to be the responsible one yeah 
It kind of reminded me. That was very Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black. Very, yeah. very, very much. Except for in Orange is the New Black, it gets like even weirder. Yeah. Don't want to spoil it. Super but, like, weird. Yeah. Lots of, lots <laughs> so of touching. Much. And yeah, lots of, <laughs> so much touching. Orange is the New Black is good. I liked it. I, I stopped after like season two or three. I, I don't watch this newest season that just came out, but I've watched everything else. Yeah. Um. But so then when he goes to Stanville, Romy's prison, mm-hmm. and then he like catches feelings for Romy. And first I'm like, Gordon, Get my guy. Together. You, there's not another prison they can send you to after this. Like you're done. You're washed. Yeah. But then he like starts Googling I know. all the women. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I would too. I would Google the women. I would Google the fuck out of these women because I, w- I was fascinated as a reader. I wanted to know why every single person was there. I wanted to know right. their entire story. Yes, I agree. So if you're in such close proximity teaching these women, I understand the Googling of them. And, like, does this beg the question, like, should heterosexual men be teaching in women's prisons? Like, do we need to continue to, like, right. complicate? <laughs> Is this a terrible topic? You know what I mean? Like, right. it's touchy, but sh- maybe send them to some men's prison. Or, like, maybe do, pr- like, teachers need, like, chaperones. Or, yeah, I can't go to a male gynecologist right. unless there's someone else in the room. My husband is a male gynecologist, and he has a nurse exactly. chaperone every time. So maybe, they, yeah, maybe there's something like that. Well, and also, I wondered the entire time with all of these things that were going on that were, quote, like off limits not part of the rules whatever like the passing stuff through the toilet mm-hmm. and then the punch that they made with all their drugs yeah uh, does that stuff happen it's I think as it often I and think also like how can it seems crazy that you can't keep that from ha- like there's not ways to make sure those things don't happen well I also think maybe I don't know I'm not a prison guard thank god um, I think that would be a really tough job and I would never want it. Yeah. But I think part of it is probably like you pick the lesser of you the You pick evils. your battles. It's like, okay, so they're communicating through the toilets. Like, who right. fucking cares? <laughs> like, honestly, if you're communicating through the toilets, like, have fun reading your like, diet you. Danielle Steele novel yeah. about prisoners through the toilets. I guess like, you're who right. cares? I also think that, like, I'm sure if they wanted to like crack down on like making sure people swallowed their pills, like right. they could pull their mouths open. But then it's like at a certain point, it's yeah. like, what else do these women have? It's true. I, it feels like, and I think this is kind of like a point of the book is like for a lot of these women, all they have is breaking the rules. Yeah. Like these little negotiations, like these little, it's true. like making dildos in wood, woodwork yeah. shop <laughs> because like you can, and maybe you could like sell it yeah. for like top ramen. Yeah. Which so, yeah, I'm sure they could crack down on things. Yeah. And she kind of makes that point. Like, certain things they do crack down, and then they have names. Right. Like, whatever that portion was, like, the amount of food. Right. Or, like, the fence, that like, the electrical fence and yeah. stuff. Um, but I I do think that maybe there should be chaperones For the prisons. male teachers. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, even they were talking about those guys who escaped um, from the men's prison oh, with, yeah. like, the woman and, like, yeah, all that. that but was that was so. But do you remember that I was prison say, in New York? Yes, there was like a thing. There was like it a was year or so two ago. similar. The story, or like maybe 2016. Yes. yes, the two guys and they like went and they were like, and one of them was like in love with the woman, the woman who has a husband, who had a husband, and then she like didn't show. Yep, 
and then they were like out but they were gone for like a while yes and it was like a big deal and yeah. I was really into I it at the time that. and now I've forgotten about it me too there is something about prisoners escaping that is exciting and scary yep. but also like like thrilling for yeah. people who aren't connected to prison and like, at all why when you're watching anything happening in prison are you rooting for the person to be able to break out of prison like this book right. I wanted Romy to right. break out of prison sure well I think part but, of it is like you realize that these people are people and like they made bad decisions and like yeah. this and that but yeah. like a lot of people who are in prison aren't necessarily fully monsters right. like we're led to no believe. one's like fully a bad I mean there are people who do really fucked up terrible shit mm -hmm. and like are monsters they're not no one's a monster people are people but yeah. you know what I'm saying they're yeah. people who do really fucking crazy shit yeah and like they should be in jail but then there's also people who by circumstance have had it really shitty mm -hmm. and it's too bad we can't rehabilitate people yeah. as opposed to just like it's a you know we we have a penal system not a rehabilitation system completely um and so I feel like the book like those kind of things like the things that make you think and the things where you're you're renegotiating ideas that you've held in your head mm -hmm. are where this book really excels for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this entire, actually I've had, this has been like a pretty consistent theme in the last couple of years, just with different movies, documentaries, books, but, um, the staircase, mm, that documentary, that, I've heard of it. If that guy were not white and wealthy, there would be no case. Is this he one would, where there's like an owl defense yeah, or something? Yeah, 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 which I'm so into. Okay. I can't. I mean, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but, you know, you look at him, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong that he got a fair trial, but you look at, you know that if he was not white and didn't have a ton of money and didn't have a little bit of fame, there's this would not have gone on. Right. Well, I think it is right that he got a fair trial, but it, everyone should that's get that That's the thing, is that you know that that wouldn't be the case for right. most other people. So it does it makes you very discouraged when you look at the system. Well, right. And it's also like you think about, I mean, especially in America, I can only speak to life in America because that's where I live, but mm -hmm. is it? <laughs> Hi, I live here in America. Um, <laughs> spoiler, Los Angeles in America. Um, but the way that we value certain professions yep. are the reason that there are so many private defense attorneys oh, yeah. and not so many public defenders. Yeah. The same reason why there are not a lot of teachers. Mm -hmm. Like if you paid a public defender, like you pay a private defender, yeah. we, we probably would have a lot more public defenders and a better system. Yep. But it's like people don't value the lives of people who are on trial and can't it, afford. Well, unless it's someone you can relate to or yeah. someone that you know, mm -hmm. like if your uncle was on trial for murder, you'd be like, get that man, the best lawyer. Yeah. But if it was like, John Doe yeah. you're like well he probably did it and you know what maybe he did he probably did it's true but if we valued the jobs that you know if we valued social workers oh, yeah and like the jobs that help people who have hit rock bottom mm -hmm. we might have less people at rock bottom yep. instead of only valuing the jobs of it's true the fancy or whatever right and this book definitely like it doesn't Highlights. shy away from the dark dark and twisty stuff. Yeah. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last three plus years, I have been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and strong enough to tackle whatever else might come my way. 
That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. The nutritional insurance that AG1 provides has been vital to keeping me productive and focused. It helps me cover my bases in just about the time it takes to fill a glass of water, scoop in one scoop of AG1, and then drink it. So I don't know, 75 seconds? With the perfect mix of vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from Whole Foods, I'm not stuck trying to assemble it all by myself, which would have considerably worse results. AG1 saves me all the time and hassle, and it has made such a difference in my overall mood and especially my gut health, among many other things. But don't take my word for it. Go ahead and try AG1. Let me know what you think. Whether you notice you're needing more nutrient support than you're used to, or you just need an edge for a tough workout, AG1 can be the ticket. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash the stacks. That's drinkag1.com slash the stacks. Check it out. Okay. We're going to have fun now. Okay. Well, kind of. Okay. We're going to talk about the title of this book. Yeah. What did you think? I like the title. Okay. Because it's catchy. Mm-hmm. But it didn't really make sense to me why it was the title. Right. But I know she chose it because it's a good title. It's a good title. The Mars Room is the, the name Room. of the strip club that Romy worked at yeah. where she met Kurt. Yeah. I mean, it's a central place in the book. Yeah, but I felt like the mo- most central place was prison. Right, Stanville. Yeah. Which also would have been like a fine title. I guess the Mars Room is a little more, um, it was, I don't know, it's a sexier title. It's a Stanville. sexier title, yeah. definitely. I actually really like the cover of this book. I love it. It's like this creepy girl. It's a, it's art. It's um, it's like a famous picture. Picture. Yeah, which of a I, German girl. Yeah, which I, I love. Yeah, and I like the writing. Mm-hmm. I, I like the cover. I like the title. I feel like it all works, but I agree. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, this place. Yeah, I like. I it's like a, a title ambiguous. more. I like a title more that's more ambiguous. Where you're like, what does this mean? This could mean this or that. I, I feel felt like, like this with the Mars Room. You didn't. I well, like I mean, this... I felt like I knew the Mars Room was the strip club. Oh, you mean like once you're reading it, you want yeah. it to be even more? Oh no, I. Oh, I guess I guess you could say that. You know, like when you, it's like some books have titles yeah. where it's like, yeah. oh, it could mean this, do. it could mean that. Oh, it's this moment. Right. But I mean, I can't, there's nothing wrong with this title. I like that moment though, where you realize in the book that the title, like what the title means. Oh. I sort of like that moment. I always like that moment when you figure when out what like, the title oh. is. I hate when I read a book and there is no moment of the title. Like the title is like a general feeling. Mm-hmm. Hope. Sure. This I have an example, but this isn't even actually a good one because I actually love this title. But there's a book that the first book we ever did on the show called Exit West. Yeah. And there's never a time in the book where they say Exit West. Weird. Um, but it's about immigration, and so like it kind of makes sense. Oh, okay. Or like migrants and yeah. like refugees, etc. But normally I hate that. Yeah. At, like I don't know if you have you ever read A Little Life. Yeah. That when the title yes. comes up in A Little Life, you're like. Holy shit. Yeah, that's what I mean. I love that moment is great. But I, also that title is also ambiguous. 
Yeah. Because it's, it's like not as one, yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. one moment, but it's also like, oh, this person has lived a right. little life or it's like a, can fall under many. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. That's a great title. Okay. Um, but this is a good title. It's I don't good. hate this title. Um, obviously, when I read this book, I was like, this is a movie or a TV show. Yeah. It can't be a TV show because there's Orange is the New Black. Yeah. It could be a really great good movie. movie. Yeah. Who is in it? You're playing Eva. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, Brie Larson would sure. be good. Would she be kind of really like good as Romy. She would be Because she has that like intensity but it's very it's like a stillness Mm -hmm. and there's some darkness there but she darkness yeah but physically she doesn't look like that could be exist inside of her because she looks like your typical you know right I'm trying to think like I I have a hard time remembering a lot of actresses Mm -hmm. names I know but I feel like this is the kind of movie that is like a breakout Oh yeah, vehicle like a, yes. for someone you've literally never heard of. Where yeah. you're like, that doesn't happen anymore, though. It doesn't. <laughs> no. Is that true? No. What about what's her face? Saoirse Ronan was breakout in that movie about Ireland. Saoirse? Yeah. What was that movie? That was Brooklyn. not the movie Brooklyn. Her first movie. She that was, was like not a breakout. Un- she was nominated for an Oscar. I don't look, see that as like a breakout from Game of Thrones. No, isn't she? She was not on Game of Thrones. Saoirse? Saoirse Ronan, the girl who was Lady Bird. Oh, oh my God. I'm sorry. Oh. I was thinking of, I was thinking of, <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm such like, wait, is she I'm on Game of idiot. Thrones? Um, yeah, but like she also wrote it oh. and directed it. Brooklyn? Didn't she? I don't think so. I think this was like an unknown, but also well, same with clearly she didn't make such a splash. So Brie Larson was also breakout in room, but she had been working so much. Uh, well, but yeah, breakout is different than first role. Yeah. ever. I just mean like someone that you maybe you've seen around. Like, okay. So somebody that we like know her face, but we don't know her name yet. Yeah. I also wonder if like Brie is too like pretty put together. No, no, no. I think like, in, you think she could do like, in room. She was like, yeah. Not that she looked like a mess, but well, she, was she wasn't glamorous. That's true. I think she plays that yeah. really well. You know who would like love to do this, but just would be so over the top? Like who like this is the book. They're like, I want you to make this movie. Like, oh, my God. Who? Jennifer Lawrence. She would yeah, love yeah. to just destroy the to. subtlety of this yeah, book. She would. For sure. Yeah. That's like the kind of book. Like, to- you know, she's yes. like too much. Yeah. She's too big. Um. I was also thinking, like, with the two trans characters, uh-huh. I always love when there's, like, an opportunity to actually cast, cast trans, trans people. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so gr-. Like, that's the thing that's nice about prison movies and TV shows is that you're forced to cast diverse casts. Like, yeah. you can't make this movie with a bunch of white people. No. Like, you just can't. Even though there's a lot of white central figures, like, yeah. you have to reach. Yeah. And, like, that's what's so great about Orange is the New Black. It's like there's this huge array of people you've basically never heard of except for um it's been a massive platform for, for so, so many, many like danielle um, um what's her face uh Pusay. no i can't remember a single celebrity i'm really bad to be honest i'm really really bad with people with actors and actresses Are, names i'm i'm not great Ugh. um Samar, samira wiley yes is who plays Pusay. yes um but even piper's like a breakout yeah, she had been working, but like nothing. But like nobody hadn't gotten her like, like Natasha. What's her face was like famous before. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then also the girl who plays um, the girlfriend, the girlfriend from that '70s yes. show. Literally, we don't know any of these people's names. I'm and we're so, like, they're so famous. I know. And then Laverne Cox. That was a breakout. Um, yeah. Amazing. Huge. huge amazing. Um, 
I, do you know who my favorite character in the whole thing was? Was Conan London, the trans. I loved, yeah. Man. Because I felt like, I feel like the book makes people seem very human. And obviously, like these people have this darkness yeah. and like they're living through these hard times. Yeah, and, you like, forget they're, they're criminals sometimes. But I feel like she did a good job of balancing yeah. that, which is why like it was great that Gordon was like so fucked up. Yeah. But because he was like on the outs and you're like, it's just a matter of being on the wrong, in the wrong place at the wrong time or like yeah. being on the wrong side. But Conan had like two wonderful moments one was like this quote about promises mm -hmm. I, I have it written down it's okay to make a promise but it's not always a good idea to keep one mm. and I love that part because they were talking about the horse the guy the cowboy who had like a, a horse had given birth and the baby had died yeah 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 and then the horse made yes. a promise to the mother of the horse yeah which like who's making promises to horses saying that this next baby this breech baby I'll make sure it lives yeah and so to keep his dumb ass promise to a horse, he would have had he to killed. Kill. He did. He killed, he killed the, the mom horse to save the baby horse. Oh, I and Conan's response to that was, "It's it's okay to make promises, but it's not always a good idea to, to keep, keep them." them. Oh. Which is like so bleak and it's... also really smart. Like sometimes it's like, look, I could keep this promise to you and I could fuck up a lot of shit yeah. or I could just break my promise and like let my own ego go right. and like do the morally right thing. Yeah. There's a lot of morality in this book. Lots. Like what's the morally right thing versus like what's the thing? That's um, a good quote. And then he also had the thing about like there being some good, really good people when you hear his story like about his brother. Yeah. And, and like, his, his grandmother. Grandma, and they're yeah, out on the street I, and the brother yeah. gets dysentery and then like these nice people come and like he offers that at a moment where she is really worried, where Romy's really worried about Jackson. Yeah. And it's like this weirdly horrible story that's comforting yeah in all of it I look at that and I'm like do you think that you would want that would you ra would you rather have a lifetime of just all shit like Romy where she's never had that brightness the lightness right. that he, like the, Conan yeah. had experienced with that tiny moment of time in his childhood right. that he like hangs on to it's almost like you wouldn't have wanted to experience that at all because you yeah. don't know what you're missing. Yeah, that's true. And then you don't have that experience to compare every other experience right, to Right, but after. I wonder how do you do you approach the world different? Like Conan did have a sense of humor in the book. Yeah. Conan was like catcalling and, the guards yeah. and like was was involved more in the community of the prison. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. Yeah. I am I'd like to think that I would rather have had a slice of goodness. Mhm. Mm just to have something to remember in the darkest moments of like there is good. Yeah. But also then there's like, if you never know it, then you never then know you what never you're working it. for. Yeah. Like you're just work looking towards like your new best friend beating up your old best friend. Right. Like that's like the joy of your life, which was like <laughs> such a, that such was funny actually. Bummer. That's when I was like, Oh, Becca should play Eva. Yeah. Cause she was like kicking ass. If only, fight. if only I won't, weren't a white girl. Well, I know, but she had blonde hair, which is why I thought she was going to be white. And then I guess she was like half Filipino. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Chloe okay. Kim can play. No, she's Korean. Never mind. Ignore me. Um, yeah, I didn't do a good job of casting the show. Oh, I know who I had, though. Yeah. Um, you know, the guy in Bridesmaids, who's like the police officer. Yeah. He should play Gordon. Oh, that's a good. That's good. He casting. should play Gordon. And also um, he's Irish. He is Irish, yeah. but he's got a good English thing. Yeah, he's American a good thing. Yeah. Um, there's, I, I don't know any of these people's names. I'll put them all in the show notes. Who cares? Um, but also 
the guy who I was envisioning in my head to play Doc, I don't know his name. He is he's Seth Rogen e looking. That's not helpful. I imagined old, like much older, oh. like fifties. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, weird. Like Paul Giamatti. Yeah. <laughs> But not, not so creepy looking. Not so like. Yeah. I imagine kind of like good looking, but like not really. And good. didn't he have a relationship with Betty? What? Yeah, Betty, your girl, who I imagined as older, like older, yeah, fifties, yeah, fifties, sixties, because she was the leg model and had this whole history. So I imagine them to be the I older. I feel like maybe that should be Bernadette Peter. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, she would milk that part she fully. Would. I imagined her blonde, but get her a wig. It's fine. It's no yeah, problem. It's baby. Um, okay. Well, I think that I'm done talking about this book unless you have anything no, I you think, would want to add. No, I think you covered it. It was quite the read. It was quite the read. I recommend it if you don't mind dark. Yeah. If you're like Becca, you might want to avoid it. I mean, I enjoyed it. Right. I certainly enjoyed it. I would not have chosen it for myself, so I'm glad that you chose it for me. God, I forced it upon you. You did. Um, all right. Well, Becca, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We'll be back next week. Oh, I have a really special guest next week. I can't tell you guys who it is yet, but get ready. Next Wednesday. Not that you're not a special More guest. More special than me? No. You, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I introduced you as a really special guest last week also, oh, okay. but then I got a new special guest. Every, guest, every next guest is really special I to listened me. to last week's. No, you haven't listened to this one yet. It hasn't come oh, okay. out. Oh, okay. We're recording Oh, out of order. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. But you okay. did mention me in Ashley's episode. I, I did. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. My friend Becca. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for being here, Becca. And listen to Becca on the Lady Gang and get ready for a show in October. And I'll link to all of her stuff. Yay. And we'll just keep in touch with Becca. Right. And otherwise, we'll see you guys in the stacks. That does it for us today on The Stacks. Thank you all so much for listening and thank you to our guest, Becca Tobin. If you like what you heard today, consider joining The Stacks Pack by going to patreon.com slash the stacks and contributing to this show. Make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Our graphic designer is Robin McCright. Our theme music comes from Tagiragis. And this show was created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas. <laughs>